We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It is game day. Lakers versus Nuggets tonight, the regular season getting kicked off. Remember, it's an early game, surprisingly early game for Lakers versus Nuggets in Denver. Going to tip off at 430 Pacific time. So keep an eye out for that. Remember, though, there is the Nuggets ring ceremony ahead of time. So maybe that tip will get pushed back a little bit later. But still, 430 Pacific time start. That's going to be an early one for a lot of us. But again, keep an eye out for that uh, tip off, maybe pushing things back just a little bit. But exciting stuff. The regular season getting going. We've got a lot to get into today, a number of different news stories. And we'll talk a little bit about what to expect in tonight's game. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined on today's show by Sean Davis at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. Sean, it's here. The regular season. Finally here. Let's go, man. I'm so pumped for tonight's matchup against the Nuggets. Um, I just realized that I, I, I got to do something about that horrible username. Keith was joking with me a while ago, I think on draft night, about how long it took for him to find me. I think I should just get that ticket care of finally. But yeah. nonetheless, super excited for tonight's game. And, you know, Sleepy Sean is excited that this is an early start. So that means he gets to sleep a little bit more tonight. So well, let's go. Well, hopefully I, after a win, too. I wonder if sleepy Sean Davis is available. <laughs> you just, just lean into it. Just lean into it. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got plenty to talk about. We've got plenty of news to get into as well. If you guys haven't checked it out yet over on the YouTube channel, we've got our membership program up and running. You guys can check the, the join button over there. There's also a link in the description for all of our videos. We've got some cool uh, perks, I think over on that program. So if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, give it a look. Got a lot of extras going in. Sean and I will be doing the extra video for the week, extra show for the week coming up. Uh, middle of the week, we'll probably record that on Wednesday for members. So excited for that one. It's cool emojis and all kinds of stuff that you get with that. All right, let's start with this. The Lakers injury report for tonight's game. Lakers versus Nuggets. It came out. And Jared Vanderbilt, JHS officially ruled out for the game. Now, Jared Vanderbilt still dealing with left heel soreness. All the Lakers will tell us is he's day-to-day. Sean, it's been weeks 
We saw Jared Vanderbilt play October 7th, game one of preseason. We have not seen him since. Weeks have gone by now that he's been day-to-day with heel soreness. He got reevaluated on Friday, and all we've heard still is that he's day-to-day. Should we be concerned at this point? Anything with and lower extremity, especially near the the heel and the Achilles and stuff like that, brings you know appropriate cause for concern, in my opinion. Um, so first off, to a certain extent, you kind of just have to make do with what the information being that we're being provided, and that is this day to day, and then maybe we shouldn't concern a little too much, but be concerned too much. But this is the same team, with all due respect. That said that Kendrick Nunn two years ago was gonna be completely fine. He was gonna come back. I uh, was what was that Frank saying? Was he was a ways away or something like that? Yeah. And a ways away meant he was never gonna touch the floor that year. <laughs> so um I, I I'm optimist I'm gonna be as optimistic as possible, uh, mm-hmm. given the information we we've been given about Jared Vanderbilt and just hope that we can get him back on the floor as soon as possible. And yeah. if that is Thursday, yeah, Thursday night. That'd be great, but most importantly is you got to get him healthy, and if it takes, for some weird reason, 10 games, and that's what it takes to get Vando fully healthy, you have to play this as safely as possible because now you are fully invested in him because of the contract he's gave him and because of how he's going to be a big piece of you potentially winning a championship this year. You don't want to jeopardize that in game one or game two, even if it is the Phoenix Suns. Well, and I think... Well, given that it's been now over two weeks, it's going to take some time to ramp up. I'm assuming he hasn't been running yeah. and jumping on it in the last two weeks. So that's going to take a little bit of time to to ramp back up. Um, so I don't know if I would say it's my guess, and that's all it is, is that it would be unlikely we see him against Phoenix. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully he can get out there. But um, him being out, not ideal, obviously, for the Lakers. And I've criticized this team a lot for the way they have handled injuries in the past for oftentimes being overly optimistic with their timelines, because then that creates expectations that are difficult to fulfill. And then, you know, they'll they'll take an injury. That's like a six week injury. And they'll say, Oh, the timeline is, you know, four weeks. And then at four weeks, it's, it makes people say, well, what's going on? Something's wrong. Why is he not back? I'm always one that would rather err on the side of caution. Um, I do think sometimes the word reevaluate, gets misconstrued to mean the player is back at that time, which is, sure. is not the case here, but uh, but that can happen as well and sometimes creates a negative perception of an organization because, well, they're misreading what, what's actually being said. But in this case, it's the absence of any information. There's, not, there's no timeline. There's yeah. nothing being provided. All we know is his heel is sore. And we don't know, is it a, is it a bruise? Is there something else going on? What? We don't right. know what's going on. And so I think that absence of information is causing people, from what I'm seeing, there's a lot of Lakers fans across social media that are starting to speculate about what it could be. I would like to see the Lakers come out there and say, and hey, this is what's going on. Exactly. Because then we get to speculating and stuff like that. Then we somehow can get into conversations about, well, oh, if it's just heel soreness, he's not tough enough or whatever. Where if you come out and say, it's heel soreness, we're playing this safe because it can lead to X, Y, Z. Yes. Okay, cool. That now, like, there is a appropriate level of just expectation there where you're just letting it linger. And like you say, you're leaving like uh, some Laker fans to speculate, which, like you said, I don't think is a, is a good thing to, to happen. I think, and maybe I'm being a pessimist here, but I think 
you should probably aim for getting Vanda for that first semi-big road trip, which is Orlando uh, November 4th. You can get Vando back around this time frame, Orlando November 4th, or Miami November the 6th. That's actually a really good matchup we get Vando back for. Get Vando for back for one of those two games. I think that's kind of you. You let the season, you'll be, what, like six-ish games in. Um, I think Orlando is your, that second Orlando game is your sixth game, if I, if I recall correctly. So you're letting them rest up some more. There's not, like, a super big rush to them back out there because, like I said, you want to play this as careful as you possibly can. I mean, this again, we're kind of getting on the side of caution because we mm-hmm. don't know a ton of information on it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's potentially a good target spot for for Vando to get back healthy and get back on the floor. And so you do have three days there, and that is indeed the sixth game. The the second game against Orlando, that's November 4th. You play the Clippers on the first, and then you don't play again until Saturday. However, that's on the roads. So there's travel. But the other thing I look at is you also have a two-day break between Phoenix and Sacramento this week. So if this really is just soreness, and he's made good progress, and, and maybe he's close, and that's you know, my fingers are crossed, hopefully he is, then there would be an opportunity for him to get in a practice session between the home game against Phoenix on Thursday and the road game against Sacramento on Sunday. And so that, look, if he's, I I hope this is the case, that's the optimistic side of things for me is maybe we see him Sunday against Sacramento. But uh, again, a little strange that that he's not, well, we don't have any more information on this. Hopefully he'll be back. Jalen Hood-Shafino, the reaction from a lot of Lakers fans was very negative when I put out there on X that Jalen Huchifino is, is out for this game. People are very frustrated with him because he didn't look good in preseason. Patience. I get it. I get it. Look, the guys picked right after him all look pretty good. And so that's frustrating, right? That's frustrating on top of he wasn't the name that we were expecting to hear called at 17. He didn't look great in summer league. Then, then coming out of day one of training camp, Darvin Ham calls him the MVP. And so it gets all the expectations way high for him. And then he comes out in preseason and he doesn't look good. Yeah. The shot's still not falling. I think they kind of did him a disservice there. But again, patience yeah. with JHS. I- I'm not figuring him to be part of the rotation in the early going anyway, but he is indeed out for this game as well. I I didn't pay attention to the reaction on JHS. I, I find it weird that there would be such a negative reaction um outside of the fact that he just didn't play well but i don't think there was ever at least in my opinion trevor i don't think there's ever a realistic shot of jhs playing this year unless knock on wood injury happens or like if he was just shooting yeah. the lights out or he was you know insane from day one but i don't think any of us expected that so um well i think that max christie and cam reddish Maybe for like if JHS came out and he was playing to the level of uh, what like Brad Brandon Podzemski for the the Warriors has been playing, if he's playing at that level, maybe he maybe there was a an opening there for him to get into the backup two guard mix or something like that that he could have been used. Not saying he would have won that battle or anything. I think Max Christie would be ahead of him, but uh, but he hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked good, and so I do wonder what you know, what the plan is going to be for him this season. I could see him getting some minutes in garbage time, but I, I think he's going to have to spend a lot of time in the G League. Obviously, right now, though, he's a no-go because he's not healthy. So hopefully yeah. he's got a knee contusion. So 
hopefully he heals up from that and then can start building up and eventually can be the player that uh, the Lakers are, are hoping him to, to become. Lakers need to take a crash course on uh, managing expectations with the fans. <laughs> Don't call the 20-year-old rookie who struggled all summer the MVP. The MVP. <laughs> Don't do that because it's going to make people think, oh my gosh, he's improved. Don't oh. just say left heel soreness with no context whatsoever. Sheesh. All right, let's let's move on. I don't know if you saw this. I think you did. The yeah. Lakers City Edition jersey. Now it's it's funny. It's all coming out right now. These actually were leaked a, a couple of months ago. ago. A couple of months ago, these these came out. Um, people had it, but nobody knew if it was legit. If that was now, it seems like this is real. This is what it's going to look like. YouTube viewers, I put the jersey up on the screen. Um, the podcast listeners, I'm sure you guys can find the pictures that are going around on uh, around all over the place. And for the title for this segment, I stole the name of a segment from one of my shows that I listen to quite a bit, which is the Fantasy Footballers. The nickname they have for Colts receiver Michael Pittman, they call him Pity City. <laughs> this is this is Pity City, the the City Edition jerseys, and I'm not just talking about the Lakers. I know oh, I've had man. some people uh, I've had some people message me and say they like these these Lakers this, jerseys. This in, is a good one compared to a lot of the NBA City Edition jerseys. In general, the NBA City Edition jerseys leave a lot to be desired this year. This one, I don't dig the pyramid lettering in Los Angeles, but I get this is a throwback to what the Lakers logo used to be yeah. way back in the in, in the early 60s. So this is a long time ago. Uh, yeah. It's a throwback to an old Lakers logo. I get it. Doesn't make it look good, though. Doesn't make it look. It still does not look good. And here's the, the problem, Sean, I think, with these City Edition jerseys. We're trying to crank out a new, new alternate jerseys, essentially, every single year. And we've been doing it for a little while now. And look, there have been some good ones. There have been some really inspired ones. I like, you know, I, I don't like the Suns, but I like their uh, they're the Valley jerseys. I thought those They've were had good. consistently really, really good jerseys. Yeah, I thought that the Miami Heat, the the Vice jerseys, those were good. Why did they? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Why they went away from that? And I think at the top of the list, by a mile, it's the Black Mamba jerseys. Those oh are gosh. are beautiful. That's probably my favorite NBA jersey ever. But the problem is, we're starting to run out of ideas, and this is what we're getting now. This is what we're getting. At least that's what it feels like. It feels like yeah. teams are running out of ideas. And so we're getting these jerseys that don't look that great because it's like the fifth, sixth, seventh option down the road because we've gone through so many years of this. I, I get it if you're trying to increase jersey sales, but people aren't going to buy jerseys that don't look good. They're just not. Again, I tweeted this out or posted this at, at Sean underscore DAVI on Twitter or X. I personally kind of see the vision like Trevor mentioned. I just think it's really like poorly executed and it looks cheap. Like that that's how I would personally describe it. But I see the vision and, and the point that you brought up about specifically the Miami Heat Vice jerseys, which are mm -hmm. th those in the Black Mama nice. jerseys are probably my favorite jerseys ever. And it, it the the Suns Valley jerseys, uh I was a big fan of like the Spurs, like oh, really yeah. bright blue jersey they had like a white version of it um i like dallas's jerseys even from last year their their city editions from last year like mm -hmm. if a team has a good city edition jersey why 
do I have to just make a new one just for the sake of making a new one where if you hit, okay, cool. Stop. Just keep it. You should be able to keep that same city edition Mm -hmm. Jersey. Like there's no way the Phoenix Suns should have ever had to change their city edition Jersey ever. It's good. Or it was good. Same with the Lakers. Same with the heat. Like I said, Um, the Raptors, even for like a very small period of time had a really nice, like alternate slash city Mm -hmm. edition Jersey. And now they all just kind of, blending together and kind of all suck um the pistons i actually kind of like their city edition jerseys last year now theirs is probably one of the worst right i mean the the hornets another one where like you had a good one why do i make why am i making new jerseys just to sake of making new jerseys like trevor said man it feels like danny ran out of ideas and i'm a fan of having alternate jerseys but we're just gonna put out crap every year now and not stick with actual good jerseys then yeah you might as well just go with a home and away and an alternate for random games or whatever like a sunday the sunday whites for the lakers for example right but i I could rant about the jerseys forever (laughs) um and i won't because we've got a game to talk about right but if i can be old man saying get off my lawn for a moment get off my lawn Wear the golds at home and please go back to the actual gold. Don't give me this highlighter yellow stuff that we're seeing in the Lakers jerseys right now. Purple on the road, white on Sundays, and throw in one alternate if you want to do an alternate. Sure, here's your alternate, Trev. Why is that so difficult? Why why do we have to go? Why does it have to be a statement edition and an association and, and all this other stuff? You got a home jersey, you got a road jersey, you want to wear white on Sunday. Great. Let's go. Like that. Why why did we need to change that? Why did that need to be changed? Now we get bizarre stuff like the Lakers wearing yellow, not gold, yellow in golden in, gold, in golden state. You've got the Lakers wearing purple in Sacramento, right? Well, I yeah. guess you're gonna get that because they're on the road, but but still it just you have weird combinations. That, that are happening and uh and I don't like it. I don't like it, Sean. I like my jerseys clean, simple. It's like wearing yellow in Indiana. Let's yeah, let's go back to the good old days. Make Get it simple. Off my lawn. Make it simple. Get off my lawn. Ah, I'm gonna go yell at some clouds. Hey, uh, okay. The old grandpa guy from uh from the, the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yes. There you go. The, the show that has been around longer than you have. Yes. Um, I am 46. Respect me. Uh, that's true. Okay. I'm 46 at least. Let's uh, let's talk about this a little bit. So, and again, we're going to get to Lakers Nuggets in just a moment. But do you see the commercial that came out with <laughs> LeBron? And it suggested in the commercial that LeBron is going to stick around, not just for Bronny to come to the NBA, but for Bryce, who is three years away. <laughs> to get into the NBA. Do you do you buy it? Do you think that's LeBron's goal is to not just wait for Bronny, but to wait for Bryce? I think LeBron, if he absolutely wanted to, I think Bryce could happen. I really just think, man, that especially after all the retirement talk last season, I think if Bron gets the opportunity to play with Bronny, I think it'll happen. And I think he'll probably call it quits because I think just just listening to how emotionally drained and mentally drained, and like rightfully so, right? He sped back from a very serious foot injury where you could tell a very, you know, 
uh, different parts throughout the playoffs that he just wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. You go through that Denver series, he plays 47 minutes in like 50 seconds of that game four at home in LA. You don't get the win, and he just is exhausted, right? And that's the first time where I like took even just a small fraction of LeBron retirement talk seriously. And you're telling me that LeBron would have to go through that, maybe not the heartbreak, but hopefully not the heartbreak, for five more years, essentially? I don't know if that's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the good news is, if this is to be believed, this means great news for like LeBron sticking around in L.A. longer because I was yeah. kind of skeptical about LeBron being around in L.A. past this year. That is kind of a little bit more of a reality now if this stuff is to be believed. I love it, too, when LeBron kind of gets in this, like, prove everybody wrong, but, like, I'm going to do it my way, and I'm I'm, I'm not going to be – I'm, I'm going to be, like – very deliberate in how I put stuff out in the media. Uh, it's super, super fun. I love this like version of LeBron, and it's gonna be a really, really fun season. So um, I think it's it's only good stuff for the Lakers to be a Laker fan. Well, Joe Varden from the Athletic also had a little tidbit, and obviously he covered uh, LeBron in Cleveland, uh, mentioning that those uh, that people around the league believe the Lakers will do whatever they need to do in order to land Bronny if if and when Bronny puts himself into the NBA draft as a way yes, to allow LeBron and Bronny to play together. And on one hand, I'm thinking, yes, great. Let father and son like I mean that's that would be that would be incredible, right? To have LeBron playing with his son. Right. Like when when do we get to see that happen in sports? It's so rare. It's yeah. so rare. So that would be that would be amazing. But then the other part of me says if I am one of 29 other teams and Bronny is sitting there on draft day, I'm saying, hey, Lakers, we're taking him unless Any, uh, you give us all this stuff. Yeah. I'm a little worried about that. Yeah. And another thing about the father-son thing, LeBron, assuming, like, let's say it happened this year, right, or this upcoming year, LeBron's still... If you're like super low on LeBron, LeBron's top 12 player. If you're super mm-hmm. low on him for some weird reason, if you're really, really high on him, he's like the fourth best player. So the fact that you're still getting a dude that is still amongst the top 99% of NBA players is kind of crazy. So um, it's good. Again, super, super excited to see Bron this year. And if you can get Bron and Bronny together, and someday maybe maybe even Bryce. So I think it's I, I don't want to project, but I think he might be better than DeBroni, which could be interesting. He's um, good. so I don't know. It's gonna be really, really fun this season. All right. Before we get to Lakers versus Nuggets, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor, and that is Underdog. We do have a little competition that Sean and I are gonna be embarking upon. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. You guys can check out the selections we make, but underdog fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Uh, you can check out their pickup game where you can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. And that's what I love about underdog. It is super simple, super easy to go and play. All you got to do pick higher or lower and off you go. They also have a lot of other fantasy games, drafts and things like that. That you can do personally i kind of like the the pickums where you just pick higher or lower 
That is a lot of fun. So you can sign up today with promo code LakersNation and get your first deposit doubled up to $500. That that blew me away. I, I'm just as an aside, when I first learned that that was the, that is actually the offer, doubled up to five. You could deposit $500 and Underdog will give you that $500. They're going to match that. That's that's unbelievable. That that is absolutely incredible. So you can visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and don't forget to register with our promo code LakersNation to get your first deposit doubled up to $500. Must be 18 and over and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. If you're concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. All right. We've got a little competition through Underdog between Sean and I. We each made picks for this game uh, for Lakers versus Nuggets. So you guys can check out our selections here. And I've got mine coming up first. This is what I decided to do. This is for opening night. So I just took the two games, Lakers versus Nuggets and Suns versus Warriors. Now, there is right now a LeBron James free square, essentially. That's the way I look at it. It's if LeBron scores higher than half a point, you win. So so I used that one. Sean did not on his. Sean decided to to up his difficulty level. Uh, I went with Anthony Davis higher than half a three-pointer made. So if Anthony Davis hits a three, that works. LeBron higher than half a week. LeBron's going to score a point there. I went Devin Booker higher than 5.5 free throws made. I believe Devin Booker going up against a Warriors team that we know they foul a lot. And I think Devin Booker is, well, he's known to flop a little bit too. I think he's going to get himself to the free throw line. Chris Paul. I went, I said lower. I said, I'm going to go lower than seven and a half assists for Chris Paul. He's sharing the floor with Steph Curry now. I don't know that the ball is going to be in his hands enough to get to that total. That's my thought. And then Austin Reeves, higher than 3.5 free throws made for Austin Reeves. We all know how good Austin is at getting himself to the free throw line. He's an excellent shooter from there. Uh, so I think Austin will get that one. Sean, those are my picks. We'll see how many of them I get correct. Uh, let's see. Let's see yours. Why don't you walk us through this? Yeah, so I started things off to – I'll start with the Lakers, right, because we're the only team that matters. Um, I went Austin Reeves three and a half, higher three higher than three and a half. Free throws made, like Trevor said, I think Austin does such a great job of putting pressure on the rim and getting to the free throw line. I think we'll have an opportunity to do so here. I went Anthony Davis, also higher than half of a three-pointer made. 80's been shooting the ball with – such confidence throughout the preseason. I'm projecting that to continue in the in the regular season. So great minds think alike. Taking or you know hitting higher than the three or yeah one three at least. D'Angelo Russell is one of my favorite ones. Honestly, D'Angelo Russell higher than 19 points in assist. I That's get it. One. I get it because D'Lo did not have a good playoffs. But I think this is kind of low. So shout out to Underdog right for for making this so low because. Delo's great in the preseason, man. And you're they're, I think they're assuming the Nuggets are gonna play them up, play him off the floor again with that one. I don't know if you're gonna be able to. I don't think I it's think, gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. And I think you don't have Bruce Brown out there to to 
just make him look bad offensively. Because Dela's also getting to the rim now, too, which is something that he wasn't able to do in the Western Conference Finals a ton. And I think he's at three rim attacks per 75 possessions, which isn't insanely high because Austin is around five. But he's super efficient on said rim attacks. He's playmaking, and it just opens up his playmaking game and his finishing ability. So give me this for sure. I'm taking the higher on 19 points and assist. I do have Jamal Murray lower six and a half assist. I, like I kind of fade, like, fade the Nuggets. Fade the Nuggets, and I, I just don't see both him and Jokic kind of going off in terms of assist numbers and stuff like that. So I went with the more likely safer pick by going with Jamal Murray lower than six and a half assists, and then Devin Booker higher than two threes uh, made against the Golden State Warriors the game after the Lakers. I think Book is one of the best scorers in the NBA. I think Golden State is going to do a, such a good job in terms of trying to keep stuff out of the paint because they are smaller. And I think that's going to open up some perimeter shots for guys like Booking for uh, KD. So give me Devin Booker higher than two threes made. All right. And we are going to keep track of um, how we each do throughout yep. the weeks. We're going to be doing this each week. We'll have uh, one... Uh, we'll have one entry per week each and we'll keep track of how many of them we get correct and see at the end who's got more right. Sean, I'm hoping I win this. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I like some of your picks. Some of your picks, though, I'll say I went, ooh, that's, Go back that's to yours a, right I should I should have looked at that one. I should have looked at that one. I really love the D-Lo one. The D-Lo one. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I got to admit, that's that's a good one. I like that one a lot. I, I may need to go back and, uh, and, <laughs> and, and do a little great. extra on the side. Okay, let's talk Lakers versus Nuggets. So big game tonight. Lakers versus Nuggets. You know, I, the Lakers are going to have revenge on their mind. And I know people will say, who cares? It's a regular season game. You get your revenge in the postseason. Yes, but the Lakers have been stewing all summer. I don't. I think it's fair to say this is, despite what any player says, this is going to matter a little bit more than a typical regular season game. The Lakers have to watch the Nuggets get their rings. The Lakers had to hear the Nuggets talking all summer and all the stuff that was being said. KCP was saying stuff to LeBron and AD and all of that. So there's lots of context here that that matters for this matchup. So I think this is going to be. I think it will be a bit more emotional let's say than a regular just normal kind of run-of-the-mill game not only is it the first game of the season but also it's against the nuggets that i think the lakers are going to bring it for so i'm expecting this to be a pretty competitive game i'm expecting that this game may get chippy because i don't think these two teams like each other sean the nba have been trying to manufacture rivalries for a really really long time mm -hmm. and they've hit on two rivalries in terms of they got the playoff just, you know, back and forth. And they got the franchises. I think out east right now, your rivalry is Miami and Boston. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's the easiest one. They've consistently faced each other in the Western and the Eastern Conference Finals. And Miami has the 2-1 lead 2020 last year. And Boston beats them in 22. And then out west is legitimately the Lakers and Denver. But the difference is there is actual like trash talk going on in the media and Michael Malone and Braun firing back shots a little bit like this mm -hmm. is the spectacle that the NBA wants so 
there, I, I, I trust me, Trev. I, I, and trust me, guys. I really do think Adam Silver and the league offices are praying that we get the rubber match in the Western Conference Finals again this year. Yeah. Lakers Nuggets. Lakers and, Nuggets, Lakers Warriors, Lakers Suns. Any of those three matchups, and I guess you could throw Lakers Clippers into the mix. And Adam Silver will be thrilled. I think they're like five years past Lakers Clippers. That's true, but if, but if, if it finally happens now, they would. But I, I think the other three are, are probably the sure. the priorities, or they would be the preference priorities. And notice that all of them include the Lakers. So just get Lakers get there. You're 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 the league's priority. Um, yeah. <laughs> But no, with all seriousness, like they've been trying to manage even like the Suns one, they've been kind of trying to manufacture where I don't really care. I, I can't stand the Suns, but that's more so just personal. But there's no like longstanding beef with the Suns. The Clippers they've been trying to manufacture for the longest time. And the Warriors, the Warriors are the little brother that you let beat you a mad at one time and they think they're better than you so well that's that's all that also applies to the clippers right i mean that's yeah i think that the frustration lakers fans feel towards the clippers is, is legit but but nonetheless you're, you're right right uh, this is this uh, and the fact that we're not in boston thank goodness um maybe that matters here but like when i think of the celtics and the heat like yeah that gets a little bit chippy like the celtics uh, you know the 76ers has kind of been a thing and yeah, there's there's a few, there are not when MBs can't perform in the playoffs in a right, rivalry. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not gonna. It's it's not the same. But I think Lakers Nuggets right now is the closest thing the NBA has to an actual rivalry outside of the classic Lakers Celtics, which we're going to see, of course, Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is the closest they've got to an actual like these teams really don't like each other uh, situation. And so I think we could be in for some fireworks in this one. I think both teams are going to be extremely motivated. Both teams are going to be fired up. I'll tell you what, that Denver crowd, look, we saw it. I think they celebrated they beating the Lakers more than them. they celebrated winning a championship. <laughs> right? And, and I get it. Right? They they don't have a lot of experience in either category. So yeah. these are some new feelings that the Nuggets fans are experiencing right now. But I think that Denver crowd is going to be especially fired up, not just for it being being ring night, but the fact that they're playing the Lakers. I'm expecting to see fans bringing brooms into the into the arena. I'm expecting to see them uh, being loud and, and chanting and all sorts of things at the Lakers. And yet I think the Lakers get the job done here. I think the Nuggets are going to be a little overwhelmed with, with ring night. And despite how vociferous the crowd is going to be, an anti-Laker the crowd is going to be, I think the Lakers are going to find a way to rain on the Nuggets parade tonight. Look, the Lakers schedule is hard enough, mm-hmm. but it is malpractice from the league to not have Lakers Denver four times in the regular season. Do they only play them three times? They only is play right? them three one... times. Well, that's that's what that's that is the break the the NBA gave the Lakers in their <laughs> schedule then because they have one of the most difficult schedules in the in the entire league. Yeah. Again, um, Lakers schedule, like I said, is is hard enough. But from yeah. a league and just trying to maximize entertainment value, that's kind of malpractice. The Lakers play Denver tonight, and then they have to wait until February is that eighth? February eighth, and then you play them right back March second. Mm. But you do play them in LA both the eighth of February and the second of March. So at least you're in LA the remainder of the series. So who is your X factor 
for this game? The tonight? Lakers. For, from from the Lakers side, who is the X factor? Who who is it that the Lakers need to play particularly well outside of LeBron and AD in order for the Lakers to win this game? Um, I'm gonna go with the guy that is hopefully gonna, you know, help win me this week's competition, and I'm gonna go with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I think mm-hmm. when D'Lo's on, D'Lo is like the Michael Porter Jr. for the the Nuggets. He's like the shooting for the war. And what I mean by that is he, D'Lo, when he's going, he's the unfair button. Because you already have to worry about LeBron and AD, which is bad enough for an opposing team. right? And, and then Austin, and you have the shooting now. Denver, you already have to worry about. Jokic and Murray, their two-man game, and then Aaron Gordon on cuts and stuff like that. KCP is a floor spacer. But for them, it's, it's like MPJ. Like, this dude's coming off of six screens a game or whatever, and he's a legitimate threat. D'Lo's ability as a legitimate pick-and-roll ball handler, as a, like a maestro that can get into the defense, a team for the defense now, finish at the rim effectively, be an even better playmaker because he is getting to the rim at a, high, at a, at a better rate. Um, and the ability to just hit pull up threes is like the unfair button. It's like watching, I don't want to say the Kyrie Cavs team, but that's kind of the effect the Kyrie Cavs mm-hmm. team had, right? Where like throw AD on that team and Kyrie becomes the unfair button where it's like, okay, it's Braun, it's AD, we have shooting. Wait, now we have to deal with Danza Russell, who's just coming off of 10 ball screens a game, right? And he gets to play mates with all these other dudes. So if Dilo's playing, man, and he's playing well, he's the unfair bar. Like, if you're facing the Chiefs, since my Chargers just lost, it's Mahomes, it's their defense or whatever. Like, crap, we have to worry about Kelsey. And even worse when they had Tyreek Hill, we have to worry about Kelsey, Mahomes, and Tyreek Hill. That's the unfair button, right? Dilo could just be that unfair button that pushes this Lakers team over the top so I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with D'Lo that is, that would be my pick as well for the Lakers x-factor I, I think that it, it's all it's you know you mentioned unfair like it's almost unfair to think of it this way unfair to D'Angelo Russell but I think had you gotten regular season D'Lo in the Western Conference Finals there's a pretty good argument to be made that the Lakers are the team going to the to the NBA Finals. I think that's how that's how bad D'Lo was in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, so I, I think him playing the way we've seen him play in preseason will be really important. If they can get a good performance out of him, if he plays that same way, if he's playing excellent defense, if he's hitting threes, he's getting to the rim, he's taking advantage of the five-out offense, that's going to go a long way towards getting the Lakers a W. But since you went with D'Lo... Um, I'm gonna say for for this one, my my X factor. How about Rui Hachimura? I think yeah, he's gonna be. Going. He's got to get going offensively, and I think we saw it a little bit in the postseason this last year. There's gonna be some possessions where the Lakers call upon him to actually defend Jokic. Now, I think that Christian Wood will get opportunities. I think Jackson Hayes may get some opportunities. Of course, Anthony Davis is gonna get a lot as well. But if the Lakers want to have their best scoring lineup out there. It's going to be AD and Rui, and if they want to get Rui, or they want to get AD some minutes not having to defend Jokic, they may indeed put Rui on him and have AD come over as the secondary shot blocker. So I think he's going to be really important in this game. He's got to be able to knock in some threes, got to be able to space the floor. 
I'm looking for double digit scoring from Rui and then solid stuff on the glass. I think that's going to be an important piece to this game too. It's the Lakers' ability to keep the Denver Nuggets off the offensive glass. Rui will be part of that. Uh, I think his, even though he's going to be coming off the bench, I think Rui's performance in this game is going to be critical. Darvin had the quote about the starting five or whatever. He said, Rui, uh, something along the lines of, you, you can generate easier offense or something like that for him if he's coming off the bench. I couldn't agree more. The easiest way I'll describe it is... He kind of felt out of place for the first time on offense since he's become a Laker. Where I have, I love Rui post up attacks when he's got a mismatch or an early. Like there's this play against Milwaukee where AD brings the ball up the floor. They have a cross match for some reason, and it's Damian Lillard matched up on him, and AD just throws it in over the top off the seal, and Rui gets an easy dunk, right? Or they went pistol action once, same game. You get like a Malik Beasley switch, let Rui isolate from the left side of the floor, right? I love that stuff, right? But what I don't love is like the forced out of place post up stuff where, all right, we're just going to throw Rui the ball with 16 seconds left and he's posting up Andrew Wiggins. Like that makes no sense to me. Um, So I I think you can generate easier looks. I think he's going to be playing worse players in air quotes coming off the bench, right? He gets to get it to more of an offensive rhythm and flow and enough to where he can hopefully close out the game, which I, I still definitely think he's a, a big contender to close out games. Go check out the rotation bill where we talked about who mm-hmm. should potentially close out. I think I honestly forget now who we had closed. I think we went Torian just for the starters, but I'm we definitely considered Rui. Okay. So yesterday when we did for our all-star tier members over on the YouTube channel, we did a full uh, breakdown of of this game. Um, we also did our rotation video of what we thought the and that was for for everybody. Um, at that point, the line and I think we may have mess we may have mentioned it in both videos. The line was Denver minus four and a half, it's which is a fairly now. strong favorite. It's moved now. It's Denver minus five. So the Nuggets are not a heavy favorite, but a significant favorite in this game. I think the upset is going to happen here. And maybe that's me uh, give, may, letting my heart influence my opinion. That's certainly possible. I have never presented myself to be unbiased. I am certainly not. I view the world through purple and gold lenses. Am I crazy to think that the Lakers are going to get this done? No. I think the Lakers win this game. I think they beat Denver. I like it. I like it. You know what? Something that was curious to me, Sean. The Lakers practiced yesterday in L.A. Yeah. They held practice in L.A. I thought that was an interesting choice. I, I hope that doesn't come back to bite them. thought it was an interesting choice to have practice in L.A. yesterday and then fly to Denver rather than spend an extra day or day or so in Denver getting acclimated to, to the altitude. So they practice Sunday or they practice Monday? They practice... Monday. They practiced Monday. They practiced yeah, Monday in I would have, LA I would have and gone. then flew to Denver last night. Last I would have night, gone. They, to, they I would have gone into Denver Sunday night, and then you practice, or at the very least, like early Monday, and you uh, practice. You practice in Denver Monday. Yeah, 
I was surprised they made that choice. I hope that doesn't end up being an issue, but I think the Lakers, I think the Lakers have been stewing over this all summer. And so when I, we look at all the different matchups, we look at all the X's and O's and all that kind of stuff. I think, and I hope we're going to see a pissed off Lakers team. That's going to, that's been thinking about this all summer and they're going to come out and they're going to, they're going to unleash their frustration on this nugget side. That's what I am hoping to see happen in tonight's game to kick off the season. Um, is that going to happen? I don't know. Look, Denver's a very good team. Those fans are going to be fired up because it's the Lakers. If it was Denver against yep. anybody else, they wouldn't be nearly as fired up. Because it's Jeez. the Lakers, they're going to be extra fired up. Um, again, Denver comes to L.A., whatever. It's, it's any other day. The Lakers go to Denver. It's a big deal for Denver. It can be... If it's the Blazers come to L.A., it's the Nuggets come to L.A., the Spurs come to L.A., it might as well be the Orlando Magic come to L.A. It doesn't. It makes no difference. It's it's all the same. The Lakers go to Denver, though, and this is a big, big deal. Again, I'm expecting those fans to be fired up, but I think the Lakers are going to be fired up as well. They're going to be upset, and they're going to want to go and take it to this team. So that's what I'm hoping to see happen in tonight's game. We will be live over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Yeah. For this one, so come join us, come hang out with us during the game, and then after the game, we'll have the Lakers Nation uh, live show with my. I'll be on that, and then of course, right after the Lakers Nation post post game show with Sean Davis, we'll be we'll be right after that one. So, Lakers Nation live right after the game, right here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, followed by the Lakers Nation post post game show with Sean. Um, so you have the Lakers winning this one. I've got the Lakers winning this one, Sean. I I hope we're right. I hope we're right. The Lakers haven't won a opening night since the 2016-17 season. So they're due. Let's, let, let's write this wrong. They're due. They're due. It's time. It's time. Yeah. Let's get this done. Let's get this done. All right. Lakers Nation, let us know your thoughts in the comment section down below. If you're watching over on the YouTube channel, if you are listening to the podcast version, we should, certainly would appreciate a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Again, come hang out with us. Watch the game with us on playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. And then after the game, head over to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We'll go live and break down everything that happened in the game. Let's go, Lakers. Big day. Season starting. Here we are. Till game time. See ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.